and welcome to Witchy Woman Podcast. I am your host, Danae Sweet, and this is episode 96. Today, we are going to talk about palmistry. Uh, It is a lost divination art that I do not see very many people practicing and really diving into that kind of divination. I met somebody on Instagram. His name is Calum Turner, and he is from the UK, and he owns Fortune by Calum Tarot and Palm Reading. I got to have the most educational interview with him uh, this weekend. He told me all about what, you know, where palmistry came from, the influences, the different flavors, and all of the little tidbits that I had no, I had no, I just thought somebody look at the palm of your hand, saw the lines, and it was like that was the end of it. No. So much more, which I love convoluted things. Things that are like just have layers upon layers of meaning. That makes my little Gemini mind so happy to have something that it can pick apart and um, treat it like a puzzle. (laughs) So you bet I'm going to learn more about this. Um, If Calum starts offering classes, I'm going to be taking them. (laughs) In the meantime, he did recommend a couple books that I'm going to be reading, but I don't want to take too much um, time. I just want to get into the interview because I think you guys are going to freaking love this. I have, I just think that there's going to be a large chunk of you going, I'm going to learn palmistry now (laughs) after this interview. So without further ado, let's get on with the interview. Okay, that rhymed and I did not mean to. It sounded cheesy, but I'm leaving it. There we go. Okay, cool. I'm so excited to do this. Um, I know nothing about palm reading at all. (laughs) So I thought it would be fun to talk to you and have you kind of tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started and like a little bit of history. I know you're mentioning some history about it, which I know nothing about either. (laughs) So so can you introduce yourself to everybody and um, where you're at? I think that's interesting too. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So my name is Caleb, Caleb Turner. I'm in Edinburgh, the capital city of Scotland. Uh, Today we are the new moon in Scorpio. And um, I've been doing palm reading for probably about five years. Um, but I actually started in tower reading, which I'm still pretty good with. Um, but palmistry really became a passion of mine because like you said, it is so uh, unknown. Not a lot of people are familiar and everyone seems to know someone who has tarot cards, but not, not doing palmistry. Um, for me, I would say I kind of got into it because I wanted to up my game. You know, I wanted to kind of go beyond tarot uh, and at the same time, I was studying astrology and I noticed there was like a major connection between palmistry, uh, you know, what's going on in the hand and someone's natal chart. Uh, when I say astrology, I don't really mean like your star sign horoscope. I kind of mean like, you know, elements in the natal chart and aspects of that, the planets. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I found it kind of endless, endlessly fascinating, really. Um, it is a little bit different, but it's unique to every person because everybody has different hands. Uh, there are kind of themes that run through it, but again, it's it's going to be ne- unique to you in the same sense that your natal chart, your birth chart is uh, unique to you. Oh, cool. I never yeah. thought of astrology, like I had no idea that astrology was connected to palmistry at all. Like I thought it was just reading the lines and having like a map of, of what it is. I had no idea it could be connected. Yeah. Well, I think if you see like a lot of um, palmistry signs, you'll see that there's a lot of like uh, planetary symbols in the hand and we call these mounts in palmistry, but they also usually include the zodiac signs uh, and the fingers. Um, And there are a lot of palm readers out there who would disagree with me. Um, They would say that, you know, the Jupiter in the hand is not the Jupiter in the sky. Uh, But I see it reflected in different ways. So sometimes it will be like the dominant element and a person's natal chart will be reflected in the hand shape because we can characterize the shape into four different elements. So like square with short fingers is kind of earth, that's practical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, water is kind of a long, elegant looking hand, but it may, it kind of manifests in different ways. For example, my partner, um, he has his chart, his, his uh, Mars sign is Aries. So it's exalted, mm-hmm. it's in its ruling sign. So it's pretty prominent. And if you look at his hand, the upper Mars section is completely swollen. Uh, which is like the, the characteristic of it. So I really see parts reflected there. Not everybody is going to know that though, because not everybody knows their astrology beyond their star sign. 
True. Yes. So uh, it's great when someone does know their chart. I've had people come to me and they've said, oh my God, you just read my natal chart in my hand. Wow. Uh, but that's not going to be the case for everyone. Like you said, sometimes it's just going to be more important to interpret the lines and kind of see them as life paths for the different areas uh, of life. Uh, a huge part of palmistry is character analysis hmm. in the hand. Uh, so, you know, seeing the headline as the mentality of a person, the heart line as their kind of emotional or romantic being. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of like making predictions based on that. You do see some things that are quite literal in the hand, uh, but I think you kind of have to take a mixture of uh, the structure or scientific part of hand reading and mix it with like a palmistic uh, intuition to give a good reading. I love that. I like when people use more than one thing, like one more than one skill yeah. to use interdivination because I can read tarot. I think everybody reads it different especially yeah. I'm I don't like the rules of tarot so I tend to read <laughs> or intuitively um I'm like if I see a color or something stands out with me on the card that might be more important than the book meaning to me right um, yeah. but then there's others that like swear by the book like this is what it means and and that's mm -hmm. fine if they want to read that way but I really prefer like bringing everything in and um using your intuition I think that's important Absolutely. They have to uh, go hand in hand if we're, you know, making a pun about it. But um, <laughs> it's, it kind of has to be a mix with palmistry, I would say. I mean, for me, I really thrive on structure. Mm -hmm. um, I love that uh, this symbol means this, and it usually definitely means this. Mm -hmm. But there are parts of palmistry where you have to be flexible. Um, you know, the bigger lines I see is more literal, but there mm -hmm. are smaller lines in the hand. Take, so like when everyone comes for a palm reading, they want to know about relationships. And it's not <laughs> always something that comes up in the hand. Uh, in modern palmistry, you'll find that marriage lines uh, are not really respected anymore. Right. But I think you just need to have that intuitive, intuitive capacity to read them because I've seen the hands of people who have had two really long relationship lines and I've said, you know, two marriages and it's been right. Mm -hmm. I've also seen someone who had like seven lines very close together and I was like I haven't seen this before and she said well I'm polyamorous that's probably why oh wow uh, but then you'll find other people who have had a string of relationships but only one line comes up and it's because they're more contained in their affections mm -hmm. uh, or it's more about like their needs or what they what they offer in a relationship kind of how it's formed um so there's lots of different methods of interpretation I mean all across the world uh there's many mm -hmm. kinds of palmistry it kind of originated in India, uh, or so it's said to have originated there. Certainly the Indian Vedas are our oldest record of palmistry. It's about 4,000 years old, according to them. Um, but also very, very old in China. So I guess it's more of like an Asian origin we would see. Um, it was historically thought to have been brought to the West by the uh, Romani travelers or the Romani, the, the people kind of mislabeled as gypsies. They would have kind of brought it in medieval times. And then it kind of spread across Europe to, uh, you know, different kinds of people who might never have practiced it before. Um, but today there's so many different kinds. I mean, you can get Indian palmistry, gypsy palmistry, Western hand reading, uh, astrological palmistry, chirology, which is uh, a kind of different modality. Uh, so there's many different ways. I would say that I've cherry picked <laughs> the best <laughs> parts from each uh, tradition because any book that you find on palmistry is, is going to have accuracy and it's going to have uh, parts that aren't so accurate. Um, I'm not a fan of Indian palmistry where it originated, but I do believe that it probably works well in India uh, because people are much more traditional in their senses there and it's much more uh, literal and traditional in the reading sense. Right. Uh, but I had to kind of cherry pick and, and figure out on my own what worked and what didn't. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot of palmistry going on where I am. I think I'm the only dude that really does professional palmistry in the country. <laughs> um, I kind of recently gave myself the title of Scotland's number one palm reader, but it wasn't a hard title to claim because <laughs> there's only a few women who practice it. Uh, and they're not super prominent like here in the capital city or even online so um, I'm kind of trying to save it <laughs> from falling out of favor just because I think people are going to think it's going to be wishy-washy um, but palmistry is is so much about yourself it's really the lines in the hand it's the shape of the hand it's the fingernails it's the rings color texture temperature of the hands everything can tell you something uh, about who a person is and, and what they're kind of suited to in life.
That is, that's fascinating. I have never, I've never gotten a palm reading before. I've never, well, nobody around here offers it. <laughs> so um, that's, that's part of it, but I never really thought about yeah. getting one. Um, so I'll give you one. Um, you can send me some pictures later and I'll just kind of message you, you know, a few things. Um, but it is relatively scarce in this world. I mean, uh, it is really seen as like a, a Roma or gypsy practice or like an Indian thing. Mm -hmm. um, but there are like uh, a good amount of people taking an interest in the West. And I think kind of in the 1800s, there was really a surge of palmistry. It became the kind of number one profession for fortune tellers. Yes. Um, just because tarot cards weren't so widely, you know, they weren't as illustrated back then and they weren't yeah. as widely available. Um, but everyone's got a pair of hands and it kind of, uh, it not only cropped up in like fun fairs and tea rooms, but there also became a really large academic study, uh, the scientific hand reading tradition in the West, which really did a lot for it. I think it really evolutionized it um, and brought it to what it is today. So, yeah. I know that like in uh, in the US in like the 1800s, spiritualism became yes. that whole yeah. movement really opened up the door. I mean, yes, there were some frauds, the mediums that would like pretend to like hit the, you know, the sure. it was those, but it also opened up the door to research. Like I said, research and actual diving into the different kinds of divination. And I do see like when you read about that, you see the the palm readers and the beautiful like pictures of the fairs when they, you know, the posters yeah. from they had the palm readers. But that's the only thing I don't know anybody I'm trying to think of anybody I know that would actually do that. I might, maybe I have an astrologer friend that I think she mentioned she was studying it, but, yeah. but I don't think she offers it like for, for anybody else yet. <laughs> but, sure. I but, think it was that kind of rise of um, spiritualism that really did a lot because everything seemed to be, even in this country, mm -hmm. uh, just from hearing tales of like my auntie, uh, she gave me an old deck of cards that belonged to her grandmother and said, you know, she did palmistry at the dinner table and tea leaves and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it had such a resurgence back then, but in the modern age, it's almost fallen out of favor. Yeah. Uh, and I call my business, um, I mean, my name's Caelan, but I call my business Fortune by Caelan because I'm trying to save it from becoming like a, like a tacky or a disrespected. I think a lot of psychics or clairvoyants yes. are actually fortune tellers, but they don't want to call themselves that um, simply because of the funfair connotation or the um, tacky connotations that it might have. Uh, personally, I do see palm reading as fortune telling, divination, it uh, but it's also hugely like... Uh, I don't want to say psychological because I'm not a psychologist, but um, there are so many nerves in your hands connected to your brain. Yes. Uh, the lines in the hands form in the womb, the headline forms at the same time as your head, the heart line forms at the same time as the heart. And if fingerprints uh, can really identify who a person is, and we've only really done that for like a hundred or so years in the West. They've done it in China for like a thousand years. Yeah. Um, if identify you as a person, then why can't the rest of the hands illuminate other things about you? Um, even if it's just kind of personality diagnosis, you can make educated predictions on people. And then when you combine it with, uh, with an intuitive capacity, then it really kind of works for readings. I think that the, there are names, like labels that in the spiritual community that still carry some pretty decent, like negative baggage, if you will. And I think fortune tellers, one of them psychic, I hate calling myself a psychic because of the, 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 the connotations that people have, like their, their first gut um, instinct when they hear that, especially if they're not in the spiritual community, they're like, oh God, you're fake. Yeah. Um, and I hate that feeling. <laughs> so I have even a problem. I, I tend to use the word intuitive instead because I just don't want to deal with their crap. <laughs> so, yeah. And we do kind of get grouped in together uh, by people who maybe aren't in the uh, realms of spirituality, like kind of people who just go about their nine to five. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they might think that a palm reader is the same thing as a psychic medium, is the same thing as a tarot reader, is the same thing as a clairvoyant or whatever. And they're, they're all different uh, modalities, really. Yes. Um, but I think palmistry is probably the one that is shrouded in the most mysticism. I think so. Um, it's probably because it's the hardest to do. I mean, if you go and buy a tarot deck these days, you can look at the image and just from the image, you can tell if it's good or bad and kind of get an idea. You don't have to really learn as much. But with palmistry, you know, the lines in the hand, people aren't really going to have an idea unless you give them that basic structure. 
And it's pretty hard to find a structure that's uh, super accurate in a logs. I think the leading book on the field by Alan Goldberg is probably the best one. Um, but I, I would say that that's pretty much the only one I would really recommend if you're looking for pure accuracy. The other things you have to kind of cherry pick from different traditions. Um, and again, it works differently for, for different kinds of people, different kinds of readers and clients as well. That is so cool. So how did you like, so how did you get into this? Is this something yeah. that you were doing for yourself for your own spiritual practice? Or is this something that you're like, decided, you know, I really want to learn that because <laughs> it's intriguing. Yeah. So um, I'm 26 now, and I, I kind of took a real interest, I would say about four or five years ago. Um, but when I take an interest, I take like a hard interest and I dive like hardcore. Um, I've been reading tarot cards since I was a teenager, and I actually got my first reading when I was like 10 years old. Um, so I'd always kind of been interested. Uh, but when I started to really commit, and I kept saying to myself, like, I can't work a normal job. Uh, it's not working out for me. I'm going to go to college and study counseling and holistic therapy and all this stuff and make a real study of um, tarot, but also astrology and palmistry. Mm -hmm. um, I was kind of inspired a little bit by my auntie because although she didn't do it, she gave me this old deck of cards that were her grandmother's and the kind of stories uh, seemed so whimsical about it. And it kind of sounded really simplistic as well. Mm -hmm. When I started looking into it, I was like, okay, it kind of is simplistic, but if you want to give a real good detailed reading, you really need to study this like a science and then perfect it like an art form. Um, so I just started eating up every bit of palmistry I could find. Like I've probably read a couple hundred books on the subject, uh, scoured the internet for videos, but really practice does make perfect with this. It's the same with any other kind of reading or any other kind of skill. The more hands you see, the more you will learn for yourself. Um, and I would say that a huge part of me learning palm reading was learning astrology first. Pretty much the seven um, classical planets, I guess they sometimes call it the ones that we see being most relevant to individuals um, because they do show up in the hand, um, sometimes in terms of the element. But it's like too often I will see a Gemini person and they'll have a bent pinky finger, which is the Mercury, which rules Gemini. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll, see, uh, I'll see like an overpronounced Mount of Venus and the person happens to be Taurus or Libra or, you know, what have you. It can show up in so many different ways. Wow. Uh, learning astrology and the characteristics behind elements and planets really transferred over to uh, palmistry in a, in a great way. But the lines, I would say, are a little bit more... Uh, literal, you know, the planets are more about your character, your capacity. Uh, the energy of you as a person, whereas the lines describe more literal experience. Hmm. Uh, take, for example, like the lifeline. I think a lot of people kind uh, of get a little bit tense when I say, oh, I'm going to look at your lifeline, that they're, they're afraid I'm going to predict death, but it is a lifeline. Mm -hmm. It's about your life force energy, your lifestyle, your physical body and energy levels. Occasionally it can be about your lifeline, but usually it's not going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's that's good to know because every time I see something on Facebook, they're like, "Look at your lifeline." I'm like, "Well, that's probably not good." <laughs> I would say stay away from those uh, Facebook ads because there's just so much misinformation in them. Some of them are great, uh, but I see half of them being absolutely bogus. A big trending one is the Mystic Cross, um, and everyone says, "You know, oh, I've got a cross in the palm. I I'm Mystic," and the reality is, it's found in one very specific place. Mm -hmm. uh, Crosses are generally quite a negative sign in palmistry. They're yeah. not really something you want. No. Um, people are, are kind of wanting to see them wherever they are, you know? Huh. Somebody, that reminds me, somebody on Instagram actually messaged me um, and they said, do you know about a line in the hand that says you're connected to a witch? And I'm like, no, I have no nothing about palmistry. And they're like, well, I swear that I have this cross in my, or this, junction in my hand lines that show me that I'm connected to a witch I'm like I have no idea I know nothing about it maybe it has something to do with your ancestry I said but you're gonna have to look that up <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's not something I've really come across I do get messaged some pretty crazy things right uh, mainly from India itself because they they vehemently believe in palmistry um, and you can get like a, a palm reading on the street, maybe not now for COVID, but like before you could get a palm reading on the street for, I think like five rupees, which was, is like nothing compared to the prices we charge here. But, um, I remember someday, uh, one day someone messaged me and they said, um, this imam, uh, I, like, uh, I think he was like a Sufi Muslim. 
uh, he said that an imam told him uh, from his hand that he had a special line in the hand uh, to fight off the jinn. Um, okay. Thing in like Islamic folklore, I guess. Yes. Um, and he asked me if I could confirm this. And I was like, I'm, this is not my realm. Like, I, I don't do Islamic palmistry. Right. Um, but it's it's wild, the kind of variety of things that people will claim to see in the hand. Yeah. Uh, I like to think of myself as a very practical and pragmatic reader. And that I admit that most of what you see in the hand is your mental and physical capacities for life. Okay. Um, and you kind of make predictions based on that uh, mm -hmm. along with your intuition. That is, uh, but it's wild what what kind of folklore people have about palmistry and it's a big right? part that impressed me <laughs> that was the first it's so funny how the how things work out because i was that's the first palmistry question i've ever been asked and i had no yeah. idea and at the same time we were talking like it happened all at once where that person asked me this question and then we got into contact about talking and having this interview. So I was like, that's so serendipitous. <laughs> I love when things like that happen. Um, so how do you, cause of COVID, yeah. can you read? <laughs> like, can you like can you do this by, um, cause I know it's nice to have a shop and touch somebody's hand and have that physical contact. Um, I know I'd, I like to have people in front of me when I do readings, it's really beautiful that way. But, you know, I do them online now uh, like this, like a video chat. Um, how do you do it now? So when I started out, it was definitely always in person and I like to, I like to touch someone's hand and really kind of lean close and get like a good vibe of not just their hands, but their energy. COVID of course changed all that. I had never ever wanted to do uh, online readings because I was kind of in love with that idea of this is like an old fashioned method and it's very personal. Uh, and I think adding like a computer into the equation just kind of takes away from the, um, mm -hmm. I don't want to say whimsical aspect, but maybe mystical aspect. Yes. Uh, but right at the start of COVID, I said, you know, I'll challenge myself. Maybe I just need to look at this more as like a study thing. Yeah. Uh, I do yeah. still offer readings online in person only for the last month or so. We have to take six or seven months off. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, I don't touch people's hands. I just kind of wear personal protective equipment and, um, you know, just look from a distance kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I do readings online as well, and I tend to just ask people for pictures of their hands from different angles. Okay. Uh, it's usually mm -hmm. eight pictures, so like four of each hand in different kind of angles. Mm -hmm. uh, and as long mm -hmm. as there's kind of good lighting and the camera is a fair quality, then it's pretty decent. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was a bit of a learning curve for me. <laughs> I'm actually really mm -hmm. glad I did it now because I kind of opened myself up to a different kind of clientele. Uh, whereas before I would mainly be reading, uh, you know, British people um, mm -hmm. or people who were kind of traveling through here during the festival time. But now I have a good uh, client base in America as well, which is lovely and really kind of all over. Um, yeah, so it's cool to see a, a great yeah. variant in, in hands. That's pretty cool. Like, I don't, I, I feel the same way. I'm extra. So I like a whole, like, I like the ambiance. I like the whole aesthetic <laughs> of being able to be in the room and, be, yeah, and yeah. have that, that, that connection with them. And, and I like, I'm, I, I like, you know, all of my candles lit and I like that whole thing when I'm doing a reading for somebody, but now because of COVID, that's not you know, going to happen. I don't even know when that's going to like lift or when we'll be able to do that again. But I've, I kind of have the same or had the same um, feeling about not being able to be in person. I do them on the phone and, and I've always done them that way. You know, mm -hmm. if somebody can't come to me, but I prefer in person just so in case they have a bad reaction. Have you ever had that? Like I'm giving a reading to somebody and they ask questions and we get to asking, you know, spirit about this and it comes something sometimes will come to upset them or make them yeah. cry, especially when that's their beloved dead come through. Um, and I like to be there to support them. Um, so I hate not being able to support them through my computer screen if they're crying. So to mm -hmm. me, that's the worst part. Do people have that kind of emotional reaction when you're doing a reading like that? I think people used to have um, sometimes quite extreme emotional reactions when it's in person. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if you're holding someone's hand and it's very easy to see something like trauma in someone's past in the hand, it, yeah. it shows up very quickly. Um, and, you know, to, to really validate a person when that's right in front of you and to have a physical connection with them, uh, that can be a lot. 
I think the human element is maybe removed when doing online readings. Uh, so it's maybe not as emotional. And I kind of type it up like a report usually. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I'll be talking to people on video like this, but I usually like to type it up like a report when I'm just seeing pictures of it. Um, and again, it's kind of like a natal chart in that sense. I do think that um, part of my character uh, is that I can sell uh, like I'm a good salesman of palmistry in a sense and that I can I'm not trying to sell uh, negative experiences to someone but I am trying to show them how that can be a lesson for them and how it can be better dealt with or avoided it's kind of like to be forewarned is to be forearmed yes um, and just because there is something negative in the hand this is something people ask all the time do the lines change uh, sometimes <laughs> huh. uh, generally not a lot uh, because they are formed in the womb, you kind of get like a basic structure. And by the time you're a young adult, uh, uh, it's kind of fully formed in the sense that it's not going to change massively. Mm -hmm. But say you have a lot of trauma on your headline, and then uh, you go through years of therapy or shadow work or whatever it is, the island or the break or whatever can self-repair. So it's cool in that sense. The same with the lifeline. A lot of people will suffer from fatigue. Uh, tiredness or illness and they'll have a pretty weak lifeline but then they take up a different kind of lifestyle and their their line, lifeline becomes deeper and stronger uh, certainly the nails I actually start reading hands by just looking at the nails and they are growing all the time yeah. uh, so the condition of them yeah. is going to change massively throughout the lifetime mm -hmm. uh, so what's found in the hand is not always fixed I do believe that there are some things that we can't necessarily avoid but you can kind of sway things in your life if you're more aware of them uh, as they have. That is so cool. I love that. So I have another question. So mm -hmm. I, I have had a tumor in one of my finger under a fingernail. Does that wow. affect a reading? Like if they, if you've had, I mean, I have a very slight scar and my fingernail is a little, there's a lot, a permanent bump in it now because of the scar tissue, I guess, underneath. So does that change the way you would do a reading if somebody had like a tumor or a scar or something? I think you kind of have to be a little uh, intuitive with that aspect. And I mean, I don't know what it is today, but you're, you're the second person that's talked to me about scars in the hand today. Huh. Um, but people will often ask me like, what does it mean if I've cut myself here? If I burn myself there? If I huh. break this finger? Uh, sometimes it just means you broke that finger, yeah. you know? Um, but I think sometimes it can also kind of represent uh, a subconscious aspect of yourself that's trying to scream out. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I would include it, sometimes not. Uh, generally, the meat, the meat of what palmistry is, is how the hand is formed naturally rather than uh, attacked by outside interference, if you like. Okay. Um, but I'm not totally uh, against the idea of seeing an injury in the hand as an omen. Uh, I think a lot of modern palm readers are against the idea uh, but there's some people who love it as well and I'm kind of in between again I kind of just go with the flow and, and, and see what works. that's cool yeah I've always wondered that because I have scars I mean I was a pretty like tomboy type child so I was always outside and I have scars and cuts everywhere and I always wondered if that would affect a reading or the ability so if, like if something was cut in one of my main parts of my palm would that oh, yeah. Would that be hard for you to to read? It can be. Um, and you know, it's so interesting. Last year, I was at um, an event called the Witch Market in Glasgow, which was pretty awesome. And I, I saw the most unusual pair of hands that I ever saw. A woman approached me and she said, I don't know if you'll be able to read my palm. And I was like, we'll have to have a look at first. Mm -hmm. And she had a medical condition uh, that only five families in the world carry. Um, which is pretty remarkable. I can't remember the name of it, but um, her fingers were all kind of swollen with fluid and the, the palm itself uh, sheds a lot of skin each day to the point where she didn't actually have any lines. It was almost just like a completely smooth surface in the palm. Mm -hmm. So I kind of looked at it and said, this is a pretty extreme condition. There's no lines. The fingers are all swollen. Um, the fingernails weren't really legible either. So that was the, probably the only time that I looked at someone's hand and said, I can't read this. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, and that's again, a very rare condition. Um, I have seen many people with scars in the hand and I've kind of like worked around it. Uh, but again, there's also been times where the scar has even been helpful because it's found at like a particular age in the hand. Um, and they've said, oh yeah, that's when, you know, whatever had happened. 
so it, it, it can go either way, I would say. Uh, but I think most people have a hand that is uh, pretty easy to read, uh, even if it is kind of scarred up or, or bruised up a little bit. That's very interesting. So um, when you do these, do you like how long because I know I'm going to get questions like right away like how yeah. long does it take to like if somebody were to get a reading from you or purchase a reading how long is the turnaround uh do they have to wait until they get their reading then because I know that's going to be a question it's different online than it is in person um in terms of length um, you know, I, I, this is like my full-time job, so I am pretty available for it. It's much quicker for me to give a palm reading in person. I can do it in 15 minutes if I'm talking to someone. Yeah. Uh, it takes longer to type it up. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's still, I can usually manage it in about half an hour kind of thing oh, wow. uh, in terms of typing it up. Uh, and I do have a couple of businesses, so I'm not available every day. Um, I've got Fortune by Kalen, which is mainly palm reading. Uh, but I have the poison palm where you found me, which is more of my uh, jewelry and products in relation to, to poisons. And which I like love. That. I love. Um, it. <laughs> yeah, gonna, it's pretty cool. I'm going to have um, to. I've been looking at that your site for Christmas presents for people. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm bringing out like a bunch of new stuff for for Christmas. I've just been a little lazy around it because I've started at the new uh, holistic or, or psychic shop in Edinburgh. I've been there uh, most days of the week. Um, but it usually doesn't take too long. I mean, I, I think it took me a, a pretty long time in the beginning when I first went online, uh, when I wasn't sure how I wanted to structure messages or an email, uh, but I've got it kind of down to a science now. It, it works really well. Um, and it's, again, different for everybody. Some people have a lot of lines in the hand. I mean, I've got pretty much every line in the hand that you could possibly have. Uh, and I think I was meant to, uh, just so I could learn about it more from a personal perspective. Um, for some people, the reading is going to be based more on the fingers and the hand shape or the fingernails. For some people, it'll be kind of meaty with the lines um, and there'll be a lot there, but it does vary from person to person. For one person, it's going to be more astrological. And I find that, you know, if, if it goes that way, it's usually someone who knows about their chart. The universe kind of knows what they want to see in their hand. Uh, for other people, it will be more describing literal experience in terms of the lines. I like to get a good mix um, and I like to mix the traditional palmistry uh, or what that I find works from it with the more modern hand analysis. Uh, it's fascinating. I'm learning so much today. I had no idea that palmistry had anything to do with your fingers or yeah. your nail. <laughs> like I, I had no idea. I thought it was just this area of, of your palm and that was it. So every I, part of the hand, and I do mean like every part, even the skin texture on the back of the hands can tell you something. Huh. This sounds really silly to say, but if, if the skin on the back of the hands is very soft, it tends to be people who are soft in their soul or they have a lot of refinement in their character. Coarse skin people tend to be a bit more rough and ready or mm -hmm. abrasive in their, in their nature. Um, but literally everything in the hand can tell you something. If a finger is bent naturally, and a lot of people do have it, it's illuminating a certain part of the mind that is active. Uh, if there's white spots on a fingernail, it's telling you that that person is concerned about a certain area of their life, whether it be career or their confidence or their uh, reputation, whatever it might be. Um, another thing is rings. I mean, I like to, I like to wear rings. Uh, and I think they work on an energetic level, but also as an acupressure thing. Um, because these nerves are connected to your brain in the hands, I think when you add weight to a certain finger, on a symbolic sense, but also on a physical level, it is triggering different parts of your personality. So um, when, when you get, so say somebody purchases a reading, do uh -huh. they like, normally, because this is a Sunday and I, I don't, I'm not like, all dressed up but normally <laughs> on my days because I do readings every day and I'm on the and I'm on the video usually I wear a lot of rings so yeah. so if I were to get a reading do you want somebody or prefer them to take a picture of their normal ring placings with their yeah. okay that's interesting yeah I like to see what kind of rings people are wearing because it's very interesting when people get it right uh, each finger kind of has a different characteristic. Um, so like the middle finger, Saturn, is the offensive finger. And Saturn in, a, in astrology is known as the oppressor. 
So I like to wear these kind of big gothic, uh, dark looking rings. Whereas its neighbor, uh, Apollo, the marriage or ring finger, it's represented by the sun. We would usually wear like a gold band there to symbolize the sun. Uh, so it's very interesting. I noticed that a lot of witches kind of get it right because they're kind of intuiting where it should go. <laughs> Normally on, on this finger, I wear a giant gaudy smoky quartz. It's like very- <sighs> That's perfect. Like, yeah huge gaudy <laughs> it's really dark it's my favorite stone and then here i wear a hessonite garnet and it's giant but um, my, nice, yeah. my husband each, uh, the jewelry so each finger resonates something differently yeah. uh and again i do think it works as adding weight as an acupressure thing but you know if we're seeing the hands as energy conductors which just yeah. pretty much everybody in the field does yes. uh then we could say it works on that level too if you're in uh, crystals or different kinds of metals as well that is all fascinating. Someday, are you going to teach courses? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of working on it right now, but it's, I'm kind of deciding how I want to do it. I don't know if I want to pre-record things or if I want to do like a live Zoom meeting. The only difficulty is visuals, yes. uh, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to the lines, because you kind of need pictures of exactly what something looks like mm -hmm. uh, to, to describe it to someone or to show it to someone so they know. Mm -hmm. uh, there's classes that I can do on the basics, like hand flexibility. That's a really easy one to remember. Uh, the more mm -hmm. flexible the hand, the more flexible the mind. People who have kind of stiff hands tend to be more uh, resistant to change, and people with extremely <laughs> flexible hands, they tend to be a bit loopy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially true of the thumb. You know, if it lacks flexibility, we call it a stubborn thumb. If it's overly flexible, the person's a bit too generous in giving of themselves. <laughs> Um, I cannot wait to tell my husband that because he can't like his thumb just doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a good side and, and a downside to it. I mean, thumb flexibility, there's some traditions that of hand reading that only go on the thumb because it can tell you quite a lot. Um, a stubborn thumb is usually accompanied by strong opinions, a stubborn character. Yes. Uh, but it's also someone who whose will isn't easily bent or broken. They tend to be quite reliable and stick up for what they believe in. Very. Um, whereas someone with a very flexible thumb, they might be very liberal, very open-minded and generous, but they're probably also lacking in, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we call hyper-flexibility. That's very flexible. Um, you know, they might be giving a bit too much of themselves to the world. They might lack uh, boundaries in that sense because the thumb represents the willpower. Um, so it'd be easy for me to teach something like hand flexibility yeah. or to say, you know, white spots on this finger means this mm -hmm. uh, fingernail. But in terms of the lines, you kind of need pictures for that. Right. So I'm thinking of different ways to do it right now. And it's it's in the works. I, I think probably in the new year, I'll have something sorted out. That's <laughs> exciting because I would be so very, very interested in taking classes. Right now, it seems like that's all I want to do is like hide in my little witch cave here and take classes. So. Yeah, I think um, I was super gutted when COVID happened because I was just getting ready to open my stall, which is kind of open spring, summer, uh, autumn time in the meadows in Edinburgh. And it's really beautiful and there's a lot of people. Uh, and then I was kind of forced to not have anything and stay at home. But it's given me the opportunity to study like in different areas and realize that I probably um, want to write about this a little bit uh, because there's books that I wish I could read, but they haven't been written. <laughs> uh especially in regards to the connections of astrology and palmistry i think a lot of palm readers disagree with that um but you know from my perspective and what i've seen i think if i was to write a book comparing someone's natal chart to their hand i'll always be able to find some kind of link that would be fascinating i was gonna ask about the book too so <laughs> I was like, you would be a, a fantastic teacher. You're so very organized and it's very, the way you explain it is exciting and, and clear. Like you're, it's very clear when I explain something because my mind is everywhere and does not come out right. So <laughs> I have a tough time. So you would be yeah. a fantastic teacher. I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to happen more and more as I get older. I'm looking at my hand right now just because um, it's kind of told me to do it. I mean, I have a writer's triangle and the headline. Um, there's a couple. I've got a teaching square on my Jupiter mount. Like, it's just it's things that are already there. But I really like to have things perfected and, and know that everything is kind of uh, solid uh, before bringing it to other people. Uh, the thing that people tend to think about palm reading is that it's, it's quite quick and it's not very detailed but it's really the opposite 
Uh, there's so much to teach of it. I have no idea how I would be able to, how many classes this would take. <laughs> right. um, I'm open to whatever you take. I I will be on like a waiting list if you have that. Do you have a newsletter <laughs> that you put out at all? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of going to start on Patreon and just write different kind of articles about it. So like one article on hand shapes and the elements uh, that, that that might correspond to, one on hand flexibility, the next on nails, the next on, you know, a few different interpretations of the heart line. Mm -hmm. um, Early, there is so so much of it it'll it'll take a little while mm -hmm. ah that's so exciting i love i love uh when somebody gets to dive into their passion and then make it their life like make it your life that's very very sad to me it's very satisfying um so i'm again trying to save it as well i want other people to be able to i would love to have more friends as palm readers to talk about this with because again, here in Scotland, there's literally maybe half a dozen of us really? um, who do it in a professional sense. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm friendly with a couple of them. Mm -hmm. um, but again, they do a different kind of palmistry to me. So in a sense, I'm trying to give it back to the world. I'm trying to let people know that it is just as valid as tarot or uh, any other form of divination that's kind of found its popularity. It's maybe not as easy and it takes a little bit more commitment. Mm -hmm. but I think with the growing interest in astrology as well, uh, it should be uh, linked. And I think some people will have, will, when they hear this, will try to disprove me on that. They'll say, oh, well, look at my hand and you can't find anything with my chart. But if you've got a pretty complex chart, for me, for example, I'm a Pisces stellium with a couple of planets in Scorpio. I've got 60% of my chart in water. And I do have the traditional water shape in the hand. It's not always going to be that simple because not everybody is a pure archetype. Not everybody has a stellium or a dominant, a super dominant element. Uh, sometimes it's going to be more like a subtle aspect that's that's showing up in your hand. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, astrology isn't going to be for everybody in the hand. It's it's different for different people. Right. Um, but it is it is a little bit more complex than just uh, giving a blanket statement about it. To me, that makes it more interesting. The the yeah. it does it makes it more intriguing to me to go have one done and to learn about it because I know it's more than just one thing. <laughs> I like complicated. So that that seems interesting. And I don't try to uh, take away from different uh, traditions as well. Um, I always make a m um, mention of the Romani travelers here in Britain or the uh, Romani people they call gypsies. Yeah. Uh, they have such a rich history with palmistry. Mm -hmm. But I have found that they tend to do a completely different kind from anyone else. And it's really more like an intuitive reading with the hand. They're kind of just going to look at your hand and say some stuff that can be great it can work really well other times it doesn't right. um the same with indian palmistry now i'm not a fan of indian palmistry i'm not a fan of vedic astrology uh mm -hmm. but i still kind of respect where it comes from and agree that it will work under the right circumstances uh just in the same that i'm not going to be the right palmist for everybody i'm not trying to fit it to everyone um it's cool that we all have different modalities of it yes i think that's the best we humans we evolve and we are supposed to make things different as we evolve you know, that's i like that we add bits and pieces of ourselves into our practices and into how we do things like divination because times change like we're evolving even practices should evolve i feel Absolutely. not everybody yeah. will agree with that because i know that a lot of people are very traditionalists but i like yeah. I cherry pick too with my own practice. I pick what I like and I use it. And it's because it works for me now. Now this, my like my witchcraft practice would not work for somebody, you know, uh, nine, 80, 90, 50 years ago. It's not gonna work because times were different. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. And while it's uh, fun to think about what a palm reading might have been like 4,000 years ago, People were not the same, like it was not the same culture, it was not the same world, and so it's going to apply differently. And while you can find a structure to something that maybe goes well for most people, you have to learn how to interpret that differently for different cultures and different periods of time, uh, not just in the, you know, century sense, but also at different periods in people's lives. It's going to mm -hmm. change its meaning, if you like. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's that's it's all so fascinating. So how do people find you? Um, how would you rather them contact you if they wanted to get a reading from you? Um, Instagram is great. I love Instagram. It's pretty okay. simple. It's fortune by Caleb. 
K-A-L-E-M. I'm also on uh, Facebook by the same name. I've never really seen that the importance of a website because uh, most of my business is done through Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, uh, so it's usually just found there. Or my other business, The Poison Palm, same same websites. Uh, again, that's more for products, but I'm kind of interchangeable. You know, I'm, I'm available for readings wherever. Okay, cool. Well, I will make sure that I post all of your contact information in the show notes. And I also share this Thank with you. Like, my, the coven that we have, which is basically my Patreon people. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I will share it in all of our, our public groups. So everybody can have, you know, uh, how to contact you. Cause I know that I'm not going to be the only one that's going to be scheduling <laughs> a reading. Um, I, I find this fascinating. Um, if you had to tell anybody, give anybody some advice, because I know also there's more people that are going to want to look into this or go buy a book and try to learn this. What would you tell yeah. them? the first time palm curious people? <laughs> well, it's difficult to do right now in a COVID world. Of course, you'll probably just be working off of pictures mm -hmm. uh, or from a distance. If someone is a real book learner, and I, I, I love book learning, mm -hmm. um, I would recommend The Art and Science of Hand Reading by Ellen Goldberg and Dorian Burgess, or Burgess. Uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, Dorian. Um, but it is the leading book in the palmistry field. It is huge. I mean, I'll, I've actually got it right here. I'll kind of show you. Um, it's big. It's really, really big. Um, and it's about 600 pages, very large pages. But everything in it is kind of very accurate from, I would say, a scientific uh, perspective, if you like that. Yes. Um, again, a study of astrology I've found to be massively helpful, even if you don't want to uh, learn how to read natal charts and relate that in the hand, just knowing the different energies and elements of the planet and how to identify that in the hand uh, will be super helpful. Uh, those are the two things that I wish I had when I started mm -hmm. uh, before I bought like every book I could on Indian palmistry before realizing that I, I wasn't really into it. Um, again, don't stop that, stop yourself from getting into it. I mean, I think it's really great to see different uh, traditions and especially the new ones, mm -hmm. like Kairos analysis, which really more focuses on fingerprints uh, and stuff like that. Um, it's great to just cherry pick. I don't think that you need to have hard and fast rules about anything. Uh, although there are some hard and fast lessons that will benefit you. Um, try to just work out your own style. Sure. Okay, cool. Well, hi, I loved this so much. Thank you for sharing this uh, with Thanks everybody. I hope that a bunch of people listen to this and they want to get readings and then they get excited about it and try to learn because I, like I said, I don't know anybody myself that is this, that gives readings like this <laughs> um, with palmistry. I know people that have dabbled and, you know, but not like you, you're, you're a, you know, an expert in your field, you've done research and you found what resonates with you and what doesn't. Um, so I respect that a lot. Um, trying to think if I had any questions that I did not ask. I think like you're very thorough. <laughs> you're thorough like I mean, we could actually talk for just days, weeks, <laughs> months on end about palmistry, about every single little um, bit of it. Yeah. But, you know, the big kind of important things I would say is here's what it is, what it has been, what it could be now, and just kind of work out what's right for you. Um, I, I do think it's important that every palm reader brings their own kind of style to the table. Um, but I definitely don't want it to fall out of favor just because it seems hard. Tarot seems hard to a lot of people. Yeah. I always describe it as it's kind of like learning the Tarot de Marseille. Uh, just because it's, you know, most people would go for Rider Waite just because it's easier, you can see the picture. Yeah. Palm reading is a little bit more um, subtle in that sense. But if you get really passionate about it and you really, really look into it, it is just a lot of memorization combined with intuition, combined with life mm -hmm. experience and your own lessons. Right. Um, a, a great place to start is by looking at your own hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just look at your hands and think about, you know, what you can learn from them. Uh, if you're not confident with the lines yet, get to know people's flexibility of hands and which finger is most flexible and what part of life that correlates to. Uh, the fingernails, the condition, the color in someone's hand. Uh, there's so many different things that you can work off, not just the lines, although the lines are pretty famous for their talents. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's, 
thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know it's late where you're at, so. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's, uh, it's just after seven here right now. So um, yeah, it's been fun. I love talking about palmistry. Um, <laughs> and maybe we'll talk again later about. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We're gonna totally have to do this again. <laughs> I want to say thank you to Calum um, for doing this. I really did have an amazing time. I learned so much in just, you know, a little over an hour. And I just, uh, just thank you. Thank you so much. I cannot wait. I'm going to buy those books. I will be listing those in the show notes as well so that people can um, get those books if they wanted to. I'll also be listing those things in the Witchy Woman Friends group on um, Facebook. And we will be talking about it in the coven. Um, And then we do have something special planned for the coven. So there will be a part two to this interview. Um, I sent him all of the pictures required for a palmistry reading of my hands. And we are going to do a live video um, in the coven. Um, And that would be our our Patreon group on Facebook, the WW Coven. We'll be doing the reveal and have him tell me all about uh, what my palms and my hands uh, tell him about who I am and who I could be and all that good stuff. Um, I am super excited. That will be recorded. So it will be the, the next episode in this podcast so next Tuesday it will come out hopefully barring any kind of technical difficulties Um, I will have the audio and that will be um, the next episode here but the Patreon group will be able to see the video I thought that would be fun for them so they could get to know Calum a little bit more um, and just see how interesting this is (laughs) I really really love um, looking at the different parts of the hand and learning about it so anyway that's all I have for today if you would like to become a member of our coven go to which womanpodcast.com click on join the coven you can pick a tier one five or ten dollars it all gets you different benefits um every one of those tiers gets you into the coven and we do so many fun things we are doing classes and live videos um we started a new witch crafting series <laughs> that we've been doing on fridays i am loving all the new stuff we have going on in the group and we have got such great great support there um we also have good support in the witchy woman friends group that is also on facebook go over there uh give it uh join that and then give our facebook page a like please don't forget to like uh subscribe review all that good stuff the podcast that's how we get um the podcast seen it's how advertisers find me sometimes so uh, i would really appreciate it i hate even asking for it but if you could please give me a good review or at least subscribe that would be great anywho that's all i got so until next time stay witchy bye bye